Well, what a privilege I have to uh, introduce someone, a young man, I'll call him a young man, um, <laughs> and uh, Pastor Lud Goltz. And uh, Lud, I've known for over 50 years myself, and uh, Lud, welcome to our little podcast here this, this day. Well, it's a privilege to interact with you, and hopefully it'll be a blessing beyond just our conversation. I totally believe that it's going to be. We've prayed toward that end, and I believe it's going to happen. Let me tell you a little about Lud. He's been a pastor for over 50 years, and he's now focusing his time on his ministry, Getting God's Message. He's traveled extensively to many foreign countries on mission trips over the years. The churches he pastored had a substantial missions ministry. That's his heart. He has authored articles and books, some of them translated into foreign languages. I, I could go on and on. Uh, where I knew him, and we'll talk about this at least initially, is he was a teacher, one of my teachers at Wheaton Academy in Wheaton, Illinois. And, and we'll talk, we're going to start talking about that in just a second. But he was married for 63 years to his dear bride, Muriel. They called her Murr. Uh, so we had Lud and Murr. It was kind of an interesting combo. <laughs> But uh, she passed away uh, last uh, September, um, but just a dear woman. Uh, they have four married children, 12 grandchildren, and 11 great-grandchildren, which is awesome. So again, Lud, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to talk. Well, it's a privilege for me. Well, let's go back just a little bit to uh, where I first met you. Um, I did ninth grade in, in Grand Rapids, where I was raised, and my dad's job moved us to uh, the Wheaton area, and I thought that was terrible. I thought, oh, I don't know anybody, and I'm a sophomore, and everybody knows each other because they were together at freshman class, and oh, I felt so sorry for myself, but it was, oh, it was the sovereignty of God that moved me there, and I began to learn about the Christian life and so on, and one of those people that helped me understand it was a teacher, Mr. Goltz, you, who <laughs> taught Bible and did such a great job at that. And uh, and I just want to thank you. If, if nothing else on this podcast, I want to thank you for being faithful and just exhorting me to grow in my faith uh, as a young Christian. So thank you for that. Well, that, that year was a very special year for me, too. Uh, what well, what made it special for you? Well, uh, I got absorbed in the scriptures, teaching six classes a day. Wow. Uh, freshmen three and juniors three. Um, I had left my first church feeling led of the Lord. It was a very small church. Uh, one of the years I was still in college, I was married and we had a a uh, child, and uh, uh, it was a tough three years. We stayed at the church and then felt led to leave, and it was somewhat miraculous that uh, uh, Wheaton Academy called. A friend of mine was teaching out there, Tom Fulgham. Oh, he's another and, uh, one of my, he's they, another one of they my were mentors. Looking, they were looking for a, a Bible teacher. I had not had any... Uh, training at being a teacher in the sense of formal training. Uh, that was not my degree. It was uh, Bible at Moody Bible Institute and then philosophy at Wheaton College. But uh, 
it provided an opportunity and it was in August. And so they desperately needed a Bible teacher and I uh, desperately needed a job. So <laughs> it worked out amazingly well. And uh, just interacting with the young people, many of which have uh, done extremely well in their lives. I haven't been in contact with all of them, but uh, uh, it was a special class, uh, the was. junior class. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and Randy was one of the special kids in that class that oh, uh, uh, impressed you. me and gave me yeah. an opportunity to share my heart with. Well, I'm just telling you, you know, that experience at Wheaton Academy totally changed my life. I mean, I probably was a Christian when I moved there, but I really didn't get it. And then to know that not only did he die for my sins so that I could come to know him, but that he had a plan for my life, that he Amen. loved me, and uh, that if I would give my life to him, and, and I did at Wheaton Academy, and you were one of those reasons, you mentioned, mentioned Tom Fulgham, and I could say, funny, uh, when I interact with my my own kids and uh, they say, Dad, who, who was influential in your spiritual life? Too near the top of my list is Lud Goltz and Tom Fulgham, uh, both teachers at Wheaton Academy. So thank you. Uh, I mean it. I'm, I'm getting emotional just even thinking about it. It's been many years, but I'm telling you that redirected my life, led me to apply to go to MIT which is crazy. I mean, I taught myself uh, geometry, no trigonometry at, at uh, Wheaton Academy, and they didn't even teach calculus. <laughs> but somehow, again, it, it, I, I remember the conversation when you were evaluating going yeah. to MIT, and you wondered whether you'd be able to maintain your faith. And I said, well, if you can't maintain it at MIT, you probably wouldn't be able to maintain it anywhere else either. That's you have good. to walk with God, and wherever he sends you, he is sufficient. Oh, and he did. He, My faith grew there in Boston, and I got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ and InterVarsity and, and the church that we attended. I got involved in their college group and led worship music there and and anyhow, that was, that was as a result, I met my wife, Marsha, out at Campus Crusade for Christ headquarters, which at that time was in Arrowhead Springs, California. And so, again, it was a total life change for me. But I was, I was thinking as I was putting my thoughts together for this, again, I graduated in 65, but a couple of years before that, November 22, 1963, Again, many of our listeners will remember 9-11-2001, exactly where you were. Well, there was a similar day back in November 22, 1963, when uh, uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And uh, you you and the other leaders of Wheaton Academy invited us all to come into the gym. And I remember you praying with tears about for our country at that time. Do you remember that that event? Oh, that, that was... Uh... A moving time. Yeah, it, it really was. And what most people don't know is that that same day that JFK was killed, uh, another one of our great heroes, even a greater hero to me, uh, C.S. Lewis passed away uh -huh. on the same day. But but that was, that was an amazing time in our history. Uh, you know, the Vietnam War was, was going on in, in the late 60s, early 70s, and chaos in our country. But then the Jesus movement started and uh there was there was a mini revival that happened back then do you you're aware of that I, i'm sure yeah yeah in fact a well, movie uh, 
God is always on the move. We don't always see what he's doing, but uh, uh, he has the world uh, in his hands and he's got it in his vision. And he's always working, putting the pieces together for fulfilling his purpose and plan. That that is true. Um, And we're hoping that we're going to encounter maybe another awakening. Uh, Things are getting very dark in our culture, needless to say. Um, that my friends at uh, at uh, one cry. Can you see this on your screen? Maybe you can't. Um, do you see? Yeah. It? Okay. But my friends at one cry um, have put this together. We're supposed to be at the top of this screen. Well, worship and mission as a church. Okay. Uh-huh. We get complacent, and I think the church in America has those moments of becoming complacent. And well, well, I'm an American Christian. I, I know I deserve all this freedom and liberty and enjoyment and stuff. And we begin to decline, and uh, and then God, in love, brings about judgment and discipline. And if we respond by crying out in prayer and and repenting of our sins, we have what we would call revival among believers. And then we begin to share the gospel and we see a, a spiritual awakening among unbelievers and we get back to the top of the circle. And uh, and my prayer is that as we have declined, become somewhat like the church of Laodicea in the, the Revelation 3, and God has been bringing some discipline to the church in America that we we have been crying out. And we're In some instances, we're seeing some some young people again, uh, like it, it was back in the '60s and '70s, yeah, coming to faith, and and hopefully we're going to see that revival and awakening. So that's our prayer. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've I've done a study uh, and preached on uh, the book of Habakkuk, uh, and the picture that you have in that book is very similar to where we are. Uh, unfortunately, I think that after Josiah's Mm. Uh, revival, uh, King Josiah, uh, when he died, uh, they reverted to the decline very rapidly. And that's when uh, Habakkuk the prophet was uh, doing his work for God. And when you read the first four verses where he's complaining to God, it is a perfect description of not only where the church is at, but where culture's at. Yes. And Habakkuk was wondering when is God going to come through. Uh, he's not. He doesn't seem to be even involved or uh, showing up at any time. I'm trying to help bring these people back, and it seems like God's uh, tolerating it all. Mm. And he makes an interesting statement in, I think it's verse five. He says, "Look at the nations and watch." And be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Uh, I imagine the prophet thought, oh, finally, God's going to come through. When he explained what he was going to do, Mm. he was essentially saying that, unfortunately, the children of Israel have crossed the red line and uh, in their rebellion have thumbed their nose, as it were, at God. And, you know, Habakkuk was concerned about that, but he was concerned about his nation alone. When is God going to work in his nation's life? Mm -hmm. And God says, look at the nations, plural, 
And when you get uh, a bigger view, God's view, you begin to see that God's working in other countries. And mm. one of those countries was Babylon. Yeah. And they were overthrowing the Assyrian Empire, but they were heading towards Jerusalem. Yep. And that's at the time when Habakkuk uh, really was blown away when he uh, heard that God was going to use a godless pagan country to discipline Israel his people. And he enters into a complaint and an argument with God using his theology. And unfortunately, his theology was limited. Yes. God is far bigger than any theological perspective that we might have. Mm -hmm. And finally, he got to the place where he said, well, uh, God is now not saying anymore. He's silent. So I'm going to get alone and I'm going to wait to see what God's going to say to me. And God simply reiterated that he's going to use the Babylonians, but he's also going to deal with the Babylonians in his time. Sure. He's in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. And when the prophet got to see that, then he made a prayer that uh, has really touched my heart deeply. He basically, even though in his book, he says in the last verse of chapter two, God is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. When you get to chapter three, he starts out by saying, God, I've heard of all the great things you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. And I just want you to know that I'm aware of the fact that you can do it. But I'm hearing what you're saying. You, we have crossed the red line and judgment is coming. But in wrath, remember mercy. In other words, he said, whatever you allow to come our way, I'll accept that. But in the midst of it, remember mercy. And that became his strength. Wow. He goes on to describe the emotional feelings that he had as he almost in his mind was hearing the hoofbeats of the Babylonian military coming over the horizon towards Jerusalem. And he mm -hmm. points out that his bones were hurting, his knees were knocking, mm -hmm. and everything seemed to be devastated around him. He saw what God was predicting. And then he says, but I am going to find my source of strength and joy in you, no matter what happens around me. Wow. And I think we need to, in the midst of the day in which we're living, mm -hmm. recognize that uh, I don't know if we have crossed the red line yeah. with God. I, I don't know if judgment yeah. is for sure coming. It sure seems like he is allowing unbelievable corruption and yes. evil to succeed. But... Uh, there's revival breaking out in many different places. And what happens is for all those who truly seek him, for those who truly want to have that experience of vitality with God in their personal lives, in their families, in their, in their church, and seek God, obviously God can and will respond in his time and do some amazing things. But that doesn't mean that the circumstances are going to change around us. If we have indeed crossed the red line, judgment could very well come even in our lifetime. And times could be pretty rough. That's right. But we can walk with God in victory in the midst of that. That's so good. That's so good. You know, I interviewed recently a fellow 
uh, Bob Fu is his name from he's from China, just describing the situation there and uh, how, you know, how he, uh, despite made mega persecution in China and it's going on in, in, in Iran and other places as well. The church has been growing. Yes. Because, you know, you, you, you come to the fork in the road. I, I'm willing to die if need be for Jesus. He died for me and I, he bought me. He's, he adopted me. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is an incredible message to the world around when they see Christians having courage to, to continue to follow Jesus and even love their, their tormentors in the in the midst. Whereas in America, right. you know, it's been kind of easy. Uh, being a Christian is just being nice sort of thing and uh, go to church every once in a while and whatever. But but it's really being sold out for the Lord. And, and that's what they see in these nations where they're persecuted. Maybe that's what I don't want persecution for me or my kids or my grandkids, but I do want to see Jesus win, and I want to see Amen. the church be all in, starting with with me. You know, Amen. So, Amen. It yeah. always starts when we're really concerned. God says, "Well, are you yeah. ready to face the challenges personally yourself?" That's right. And be a man that uh, lives right. out uh, your calling. That's good. That's really good. Oh, so so again, do you have apt- optimism that? We could see another spiritual awakening, or do you, th- you think we've crossed that red line where the church may well grow, but it's going to be in the midst of like a Chinese, Iranian, whatever persecution situation? Yeah. Do you have any uh, sense? Frank, frankly, I've had that uh, sense that we've crossed the red line for some years now, okay. and God keeps bringing me back to the book of Habakkuk. Okay. Yes, yep. but are you ready to take your stand whatever comes down the pike. That's that's so good, Lud. That's so good. So let's just switch for a second. Uh, You know, before we started recording, we talked a bit about you're losing your your best friend, your sweetheart. You were married 63 years and and she passed away last September. And uh, she, she just, she finished strong as we were talking about. Yeah. How, How are you handling that? How's that going? I mean, well, you know, uh, one of the interesting things that happened, we had a celebration of life about a month after she passed because our kids are spread all over the country. And okay. um, we had a, a beautiful time together. And uh, when everybody started going home again, I remember my two daughters were the last to leave and they got in their car, drove down the driveway, got onto the road in front of us and made a turn towards uh, going home. And as soon as they were out of sight, I was out in the driveway. Uh, I had prayed with them and uh, uh, I turned and slowly walked back into the house. And right at the door where I walked in, I stopped and sort of looked around. And I had said, probably in the voice volume that I'm now uh, speaking with you, uh, well, I'm finally all alone. And almost instantaneously, I mean, I didn't have time to take that thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. And I knew better, I was not alone. But instantaneously, uh, split second, it was not a voice. uh, It wasn't shouted, but it was almost an impression where 
I had the sense that the Holy Spirit said, what do you mean? You're not alone. You haven't been alone and you're not going to be alone. I mean, it was that oh. profound. It was almost as though a voice said it, but it, it there was no voice. But the impression made such an impact on my life that I have not forgotten that. And that has sustained me. Oh, I, I, love I that. have to be honest with you. And I didn't know what I was going to expect because not only was she uh, going through a very difficult time, actually, I almost died uh, a year before, a year and a half before from COVID. And, uh, and just this last January, I almost died from pneumonia. Uh. But, so we've had a rough two and a half years. But I must say that though I miss her deeply, and uh, there's obviously uh, a hole there. <laughs> I come into my two-room apartment now, and uh, uh, I've got no one to talk to but God. But God, <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, that impression, uh, what do you mean you're alone now? Uh, I've been with you. I'm with you right now, and I I'm love going that. to be with you. I and I know that truth, but I didn't even have time to take that thought captive unto the obedience of Christ that I'm all alone. Uh, God overrode it so forcefully that uh, the the impact of it is still sustaining me, and this is now getting almost a year later. Praise his name. That that That's really an encouraging story. And I think that'll touch many others who have lost loved ones. Thank yes, you for that. Yes. That is good. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about is finishing strong. I mean, that has been on my heart. Again, I'm a few years younger than you, but but as I look, you know, in scripture at some of these kings, um, you know, Jehoshaphat and Uzziah, uh, and, and, you know, we can think of others who, you know, Hezekiah, they did great job. Solomon. I mean, Solomon is probably the most <laughs> pathetic person in scripture to me. Yeah. I mean, who else did God come to and say, hey, make a wish. What do you want? You got it, pal. And he, he asked for some good stuff at that point. And God says, okay, because you asked for that, I'm going to give you riches and honor. And if, if you follow my commandments, you're going to have a long mm -hmm. life too. Yeah. And uh, then, then he, he doesn't look at Deuteronomy, which says kings should do certain things, should not marry many wives, should not acquire great amounts of silver and gold, should not go back to Egypt for horses. Guess who did, who violated those three things? And he uh -huh. marries these women that drag his heart away. He starts worshiping idols. I think, ah. So <laughs> to me, the problem that, that these guys run into is, and you see it with ministry leaders, these mega church leaders, many of them, they get prideful and yeah. then they, they lose it. How can we finish strong? You're an example of, of getting toward the end of your existence. And help us out here. What, 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 what would you recommend, Lud? Well, uh, you know, this shouldn't surprise you since I taught you this when we were in high school, hiding God's word in your heart. Um, I'm still a strong believer in meditating and memorizing God's word so that I can meditate on it day and night. When I was in the hospital with COVID and almost died, uh, I decided that I was not going to watch television or read the newspaper. I was in pretty bad shape. I was in, in 
uh, in the ICU unit for eight days. Wow. And uh, uh, they weren't sure that I was going to turn around. I wore a mask instead of going on the incubator. And that was a real tough ordeal. But uh, the nurses would come in and ask if I wanted to have the TV on and so forth. And I said, no, I've decided to meditate on the scriptures that I've memorized over the years and pray. Uh, I had a family of 40, so I just to pray through that list alone uh, could occupy a good bit of my time. Sure. And I, I actually spent the time, uh, couldn't sleep very well through all of that, but I kept going over and I've memorized whole books of the Bible. So I had plenty of scripture to meditate on and, uh, God, out of the overflow of that, opened doors of opportunity uh, to, I, I prayed with my roommate, the only time I was able to talk to him, both of us were in pretty bad shape. Wow. Uh, I had eight minutes, I had to go to the bathroom, and I took my oxygen off, and I went into the bathroom. And when I came out, he was alert, and I greeted him, and in eight minutes, uh, this man who was in his mid-70s, uh, didn't look like he was in very good shape. He was coughing badly. Mm. Uh, his uh, life story that he shared briefly uh, was sad. Mm. But in those eight minutes, he came to pray and receive Christ. I got his phone number and address. And when I got out of ICU, I called his phone number and it had already been disconnected. And I wasn't surprised. I think he died very shortly after I wow. moved from the room into uh, my isolation in ICU. Uh, and three people accepted Christ during my time uh, in the hospital there, and a whole Praise pile God. of others uh, had good opportunity for counsel and encouragement and witness. Uh, so when we hide God's word in our heart, uh, as the psalmist said, That'll keep us from sin. It will cleanse our lives, mm -hmm. and we'll have a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So we'll understand and be able to cope with where we are right now. And as we face whatever is in the future, mm -hmm. we have the word of God to give us light and to encourage us to stay true to him. That's so good. that would be one thing. Another thing... Uh, Barnabas has been my biblical mentor mm -hmm. uh, image, uh -huh. uh, and he was known as a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Yes. Um, that's a, an epitaph that uh, uh, I would love to have on my own tombstone, <laughs> a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. The Apostle Paul uh, made a statement in... Uh, the book of Acts chapter 20, where he said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me, yes, yes. if only, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. The task is to proclaim the word of God and his grace wherever I go. Uh, so I have a three-point 
a sort of mantra that I remind myself constantly of. In the first thing in the morning, I do this, and throughout the day, I'm available. I tell God that. I'm on assignment 24-7, meaning wherever I am, I'm available to be on assignment. And I'm an ambassador of the greatest kingdom that ever existed and one that's going to stand for eternity. So I've got all of the resources and all of the input of an ambassador to fulfill any assignment that God might give me. I'm available to him. And when you start the day that way and remind yourself throughout the day, no matter what you have planned, Mm. he enhances that and enriches it, but he also adds the unexpected. Uh, I'm doing a series in my newsletter on serendipitous encounters. Mm. Uh, Those happen all over the place in my life. Uh, wherever I travel, wherever I am, uh, even when it doesn't seem like where I am is that exciting. Uh, If I'm available and on assignment as an ambassador, God can bring individuals into my life that I can have the privilege of sharing the good news with and praying with. And so I took one of Paul's statements as my life's verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Though I am free from all men, yet have I made myself a slave unto everyone so that I might win the more. Mm. And so uh, I'm down here now. I'm uh, in my mid-80s, moving into the latter part of my 80s. And, uh, uh, you know, I could fold my hands and say, well, I've worked hard over my years and so forth. But even though I'm free to do that, I have chosen to be a slave to everyone. And now I'm in a very different environment than what I was before. Uh, before I started, I, I've i met with men all the time during my years in ministry. Sure. And that has been a real refreshing experience. But I've included the older I've gotten, uh, young adult men, uh, sometimes even late teens and early 20s, and met with them because I want to rub off some of their enthusiasm and excitement about life into my aging life so that I stay young and refreshed. I love it. So uh, there are ways in which we can bolster our faith and so forth. And as you know, prayer is uh, a key factor in all of that. And uh, uh, if you don't incorporate prayer as a part of your life, and all of us need to keep working on that. I don't pray as much as I should, but I try to incorporate that into my daily life experience. Because as we're interacting with God, uh, on that personal, intimate basis, yes, uh, he can guide us and lead us through. I, I totally agree. Now, let me just embellish one of your points. You talk about, you know, getting together with with younger guys and and get encouraged by them. And we've seen that locally, where these we call them Gen Z, Gen Generation Z, young people. We've met some of them over the last few months. And they are on fire for Jesus, some of these young people. And I mean, you know, I've been a Christian longer than they've been alive, basically. But I get (laughs) convicted by their love for Jesus in in a good way. 
grateful for that. And just one other point that I would say about trying to stay humble is to be in a group of, you mentioned Barnabas, but a group of people that that are, were peers, that we can be real with each other on at least a uh-huh. weekly basis. And when they begin to see cockiness or pride or self-pity in me, you know, where it all becomes a, well, they can just shoot straight in love. Uh-huh. Open, open rebuke better than hidden love, it says in Proverbs. And and I can do that for them as well. You know, we need that accountability because we all have blind spots, but to keep us humble and small and Jesus big. And, and just like you say, a bond slave, you know, Lord, use me any way you want. I love that. And meditating on scripture. Oh, that is, that's gold in what you're saying, Lord. Thank you for well, that. That's great. Well, uh, I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm ready to go and be with my wife and with my savior. Yes. But uh, if there's something he has for me to do, uh, actually at this stage, I'm probably by the grace of God, it's uh, purely the grace of God through the radio ministry. I'm probably reaching more people right now in the mid eighties, my mid eighties than I've ever reached before. Wow. Uh, it's, it's kind of humbling but amazing. My program goes out in four languages all over the world. And uh, uh, to God be the glory. Oh. I don't deserve it, but uh, I'm willing to keep going. Yeah. I've got a great team of people working with me. How often do you record programs? Well, you know, uh, we've recorded about 9,000 programs over the years. Okay. And uh during COVID, we couldn't record because yep. my producer had a heart issue that uh, he didn't want to leave himself vulnerable. So he and his wife went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, uh, the first time I saw them in three years was the board meeting just before my wife passed away last September. And so we have reused programs. I'm on different networks now than I used to be. And so it's a new audience, but the message is the same. Awesome. And my, my program is basically uh, going into the scriptures and finding biblical principles for life, which are relevant no matter what's happening in the world around us. So it's not time sensitive, uh, but it's timely yes. uh, for whatever day we're living in. Uh, and so as the word goes out, uh, it... Uh, you know, we just repeat programs. Yeah. And now, since I've had to move, uh, I'm not living close to the producer. Sure. So we're pretty much now committed to using programs that yeah. we've used before. Well, uh, and you got that big an inventory. It, it, yeah. It, that yeah. works. Yeah. Right. That's wonderful. Uh, well, what else would you want to add to the, the folks listening and watching uh, this podcast? Anything else well, that's in your heart you'd like to share? Well, uh, one of the things about uh, finishing well is remembering that uh, not only your own life and not only your marriage, but your family. Uh, There are uh, 40 of us now and another great-grandchild on the way uh, momentarily. Uh, Being committed to nurturing your children mm. and then your grandchildren and then your great-grandchildren and praying for them, yes. praying for good friends, mm. preferably Christian friends, but at least good friends. 
as they develop and grow and mature, and that God might give them uh, Christian and hopefully committed Christian spouses. And by the grace of God, all four of our children know the Lord personally, have married uh, not only believers, but believers coming from believing families. Mm -hmm. And the great grand, the grandkids uh, have also done the same. Seven of our grandkids are now married Mm -hmm. and they've all been Christians, have married Christians. All of the grandkids are believers and now the great grandkids, we have uh, 11 going on to 12 momentarily. Uh, the oldest uh, of the great grandkids have already committed themselves to Christ, and three of them have been baptized. Wow. That really, as we get older, uh, needs to be a high priority for us. And even if we can't travel to where they are, we can always reach them. Now by uh, phone, text, or email, uh, but we can reach them through prayer. Amen. Since God is everywhere present and the Holy Spirit is with them if they're believers and available to touch their lives if they're not believers, uh, we've got the channels of blessing that we can utilize to reach out and touch their lives so that they become uh, all that God wants them to be. And there's yes. no greater joy than to see yes. uh, your children walking in, in the, the truth, truth. and Amen. in love and in a relationship with Christ. And so that that's a word uh, that is desperately needed in our society since yes. the family's breaking down and yes. society is uh, pushing pretty hard at all of the things that would destroy a family and marriages. And so we need to really work hard at trusting that God will enable us to be a light and salt in the world through our families and through their witness. Boy, that is profound. I tell my kids, I said, you cannot give me a better gift than for you to pursue Jesus Christ with your whole heart. And, and work to get your spouse and your children going the same direction. And, and we have been blessed like you have with an answer to prayer. And I really believe prayer. You will never see people. Someone told me this. And I'm just quoting them. They said, you will never see someone at the end of their life saying, oh, I wasted so much time praying for my children. But you're going to see, <laughs> you're going to see a lot of people at the end of life. Ooh, I should have spent much more time on my knees praying for my kids than I did. Amen. Amen. So that's profound. Well, you know what? You're a picture, Lud, of uh, of a person now who is in his 80s. But, we, you know, the, the, the mental image of an 80-year-old guy, especially a widower, to be honest, is somebody who's pretty grumpy. You are anything but that. You're, a, you're, you're like a young man uh, in older body, you, you might say, but but Jesus is continually keeping you youthful in your enthusiasm, your faith, your love for God and for people. And, and you're just such a great example to me and to so many other people. So again, thank you for your faithfulness and perseverance and example to us. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege to have this time to share with you. And I trust that what we've interacted on uh, will be a blessing to others and challenge them uh, to let their light shine as well. Amen. How about closing us in prayer? Would you please? Be glad to. 
Heavenly Father, uh, we bow before you because you are the Almighty, the All-Sufficient. Uh, we can't begin to plumb the depths of your wisdom and knowledge. We are not in a position to tell you what needs to be done. We're not in a position to instruct you or even to expect anything from you because of what we have done. Mm -hmm. You and Grace have reached out to us, and we say with the Apostle Paul, I am what I am by the grace of God. And even though we've maybe worked hard at trying to become all that you want us to be, uh, Paul made that statement in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Uh, I worked harder than them all, and then he caught himself. Uh, no, if it wasn't for the grace of God that was working in him, he wouldn't have pursued that growth and that spiritual development. It's all the grace of God. Yeah. And so we come to you praying that you who are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think by your power that works within us, the Holy Spirit, you are able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before your presence with exceeding joy. You have committed yourself to that for all true believers, and you have encouraged us to let our light shine as long as we have breath mm. to share the good news with others, mm. instruments of blessing, mm. instruments of reconciliation, instruments of love, mm. so that by your grace, by your love, by your power, many might come to the Savior. And we do pray for an awakening in the lives of those who name your name, so that through them you can accomplish your purpose yes. during these dire needs and during these days of unpredictable corruption and confusion and deception mm. and destruction. Mm. May we stand tall yes. and be faithful. Thanks to you, we have the victory through Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray this with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I, I, you, you continue to bless me as you have through the years, Lud. So God bless you, and thanks for spending time. Love you, brother. Well, thank you so much, and give my love to your wife. Okay. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.